If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Happy New Year, everyone. Carol Vassar here, host of the Champions for Children podcast. We're on a hiatus right now, coming back to you with brand new episodes starting January 16th, 2023. Right now, it's a rebroadcast of one of our favorite episodes from 2022. Enjoy. They are still kids and their hair is important to them. Welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and that is LaTanya Pierce. LaTanya is a respiratory therapist at the Nemours Children's Hospital in Delaware, talking about a program that she has just started there. She's calling it Hair Care for Champions. It's aimed at providing hospitalized Nemours patients with clean, healthy-looking, and attractive hair as a matter of dignity and pride. It's also a grassroots bedside example of how Nemours Associates go well beyond medicine each and every day. Please be advised there are two patient stories in this podcast. Certain details have been left out to ensure their privacy. Other details remain and could be difficult or disturbing for some listeners. But let's back up a little and get to know LaTanya, whose healthcare career has a few twists and turns. The kinds of twists and turns that bring a person to where she needs to be when she needs to be there. Here's LaTanya Pierce. Actually, I've been a respiratory therapist for about 20 years. I worked in the adult world for about 12 years, plus two years of clinicals and and training. And then they had a major layoff. I actually never expected to leave there. It was kind of a great job until I was let go in 2014. And I kind of just sat out and waited. And I was like, I lived down here in Delaware. I was working in Pennsylvania at the time. And I I knew I didn't want to travel up to Pennsylvania. So I kind of ended up at Nemours by default. But let me tell you, it was the absolute, and I'm not exaggerating, absolute best thing that has ever happened to my career. Absolute best. When you're laid off and you think you're in a job that's secure, you know, I was in a union and everything else. I loved my job. I loved my coworkers. It was very disheartening. I just wasn't ever expecting to have to leave there. And so coming to Nemours, I was scared. I didn't know what to expect, especially working with children. I was coming from the adult world. But, you know, you look back and you say, I would probably be still stuck. But because I was forced out of there, I have had so many more opportunities. I can't even explain all the opportunities I've had professionally, emotionally, with new friendships, personally. I I just love being here. I got here by accident, but what New Morris offers is what is keeping me here. Let me back up a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about your interest before you came to Nemours, before you entered the area of respiratory therapy, mm-hmm. what drew you to healthcare? 
I knew I always wanted to be in the healthcare field. I think I, by nature, have always just leaned towards taking care of people. At first, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was, you know, in elementary school. But then in high school, I realized, you know, I think I wanted just, I wanted to do pharmacy. I actually started off in pharmacy school and hated every minute of it. And more because I realized it was not geared towards taking care of patients. It was the business side. And that wasn't the side I wanted. I I knew I wanted more of the clinical and hands-on. And once again, this was another, you know, divine intervention where I was laid off after 10 years of working at a pharmacy. Let's see, I worked at the pharmacy from 1990 to 2000, and I was laid off from there. And that's when I went into respiratory school. And I I love it. It was like every time a door closed or I was forced to do something, um, another door opened and it turned out to be, you know, one of the best uh, changes and decisions of my life. It sounds like you've been through the ringer in terms of your healthcare career. You've been laid (laughs) off twice. You've made pivots based on that and ended up here at Nemours. So why did, after you finished your career as a pharmacist or in the pharmacy, um, Mm -hmm. why respiratory therapy? Again, another accident. One of my friends was actually working in a home healthcare agency. And she said to me, I went over there to visit her and she was like, well, don't you want to work here? You can come here. And I was like, no, not really. It's sitting behind a desk. I don't want to do that. And I looked over and I was like, well, those people over there look like they're having fun. What do they do? And she was like, oh, they're respiratory therapists. I was like, okay. So I walked over and talked to them. Um, They told me how much schooling was involved. And I called the school that day and I said, well, do you have nursing programs open and do you have respiratory programs open? And they said, well, the nursing program is a two-year wait, but if you can get your application in within the week and everything, there are still some seats available for respiratory. And that's how I ended up in respiratory. Again, another another divine intervention. (laughs) And it sounds like you love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love my patients. I love my coworkers, the, the families. I, I I absolutely love it. Talk about your coworkers a little bit. Not, nobody does anything in a vacuum in a healthcare system. Who's your team? So I have an amazing team. I work with a bunch of respiratory therapists. That's my direct team. So I am part of the leadership team because I am the PICU clinical lead for respiratory care. My Immediate leadership team are also other clinical leads in respiratory, our director, our manager, educators, and we all work together so well. Everyone pushes each other. No no one's in it for themselves. It's always what we can do to help each other, what we can do to help the department grow, what can we do for our patients. That trickles down to the rest of the respiratory department, and it enables us to mentor better, to educate better to motivate. And the therapists that I work with are just so passionate. They're amazing. You know, they're, they're compassionate with their families, with their patients. They're so knowledgeable. I mean, I learn something every day. Everyone has like their own little niche that they call like their thing. You know, they love to do. We know who to go to when we have certain questions. And it's just, you know, it's such a wealth of knowledge and resources. And then within it, or spreading further, it's also uh, my PICU team. Being the PICU clinical lead has opened up doors for me to work with other disciplinary teams, not only at a clinical level, but also in a leadership 
position, um, just solving problems within the department or within the unit or with or even patient family issues, clinically and non-clinically. It's just a great team from the physicians, the PTOT, social work, respiratory, nursing, the uh, nursing assistants, unit clerks, housekeeping. I mean, it's just when you're on that unit, you just you can feel the teamwork. It doesn't feel like, you know, it's it's this discipline and this discipline. Everyone truly is working together um, for the best of our patient and the families. One of the one of my biggest projects, I think, that I am so proud of and so work and still working on today actually has nothing to do with respiratory. And it started from a patient. An elementary school aged patient who was not expected to live due to injuries inflicted upon her by an adult. A patient who had the good fortune to be under the care of, among others, respiratory therapist Latanya Pierce. So the patient was abused, and when she was brought in, she was not expected to live. And she, she was even, they tried to drown her also. And I remember taking her for a study probably about four days after she got there. And her hair was still wet and kind of had like a moldy, mildewy smell to it. And I just was, and she didn't have family at the bedside or anything. And it just was like, I just felt for her in so many ways. And I just remember saying to myself and secretly and praying and saying, you know, you're going to, we're going to get you through this. And, you know, like I said, she didn't have family there. So it just felt like we were all her parent, you know, all we have children. And when we look at them, we think that could have been my child, you know, and here her hair was now matted and we didn't have the hair care products for her. We didn't have, she was biracial. We didn't have the hair care products for her. We didn't even have the proper combs or brushes or anything to do her hair. So I had bought stuff from home and I, on my night off on a Friday night, I did her hair. I tried, I got through about half of it. She had the EEG glue all in her hair. Everything. It was just, it was just horrible. So it, after about three or four hours, I was only able to get through about 50% of her hair, but it made me realize that she's not the only child that this has happened to or who needs hair care products or that we're not taking the time to one think of them as not just patients but they are still kids and their hair is important to them and so one of the things I did is I've started a committee and thank god it's supported by the higher ups in the hospital I mean they are letting me move forward with everything but we're bringing in products and supplies for what we call BIPOC um Black, Indigenous, people of color, so that they actually can do their hair. You know, it's it's other things. It's other things, too. We had another child who I noticed it was end of life for her, and her hair was covered in blood. And we had no way of washing her hair and getting it out. And a nurse and I, we, again, bought products in. The parents had stepped out, and we spent the afternoon just trying to get the blood and everything out of her hair And putting her hair back into like a little ponytail so that when mom and dad came in to see her for their last time, she looked like a little girl. She had the ponytail in her hair and she had a little bow in her hair. It wasn't that 
bloody mess that it was when they had seen her before. And at first I thought it was trivial, but then talking to other people, they realized, no, that is important. And so now we've gone through and gotten the products. I've found a distributor. We're right now going through education to help educate other nurses, other clinicians, because it's uh, nursing is going to take advantage of this. Child life is going to help and respiratory is going to help in some of the CNAs where we're going to help identify these these children and be able to, you know, at least do their hair. That should be part of your everyday, you know, just care. So that's one of the things that I'm proud of. It came out of from a patient who was totally just, we didn't expect to make it. I later found out she did walk out of the hospital, which is a blessing in itself. But one of the other things that also came out of that personally was my husband and I had always wanted to um, look into fostering or adopting. And that was our push. She was our push to actually take the classes. So this happened at the end of November, beginning of December. By February, my husband and I had already finished the courses and were able to to get our clearance through the state so that we could become foster parents and possibly adopt one day. One of the most powerful things was the night she came in. I was standing at the foot of her bed. She's on a ventilator. We don't know if she's going to make it. And the room is completely dark. And the detective said, he said her name and he was like, listen, I know who did this and I'm going to get them. I need you to pull through this so that you can see that they will never hurt you again. And just standing at the foot of the bed and listening to that, it was just... Latanya already has a team formed to bring Hair Care for Champions to fruition, including the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, Nursing Excellence, Child Life, Nurse Educators, and even vendors ready to provide needed hair care products. Having worked in pharmacy and respiratory care in both the adult and pediatric settings, I asked Latanya if there was anything unique about Nemours that has allowed Hair Care for Champions to take seed and begin to bloom. It's not a profit-making idea that I'm bringing into the institute, it, it, into the organization. It's just patient care. And not every organization puts patient care above the financial side of it. That was one of the reasons I had left pharmacy. And just the people that have been put in place from my manager, now director, when this problem came up, she was like, well, move forward with it. I honestly wouldn't have thought that I could move forward with it. She was like, no, move forward with it. And she put out one email, CC'd me in it and said, where should she go to help move this forward? And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. She had dropped off the email chain. And finally, within about two weeks, we found people. But then the holidays came and no one wanted to take ownership of it. So then I had to start putting out their little, little messages. And what I think got it really started was uh, when I said, hey, you know, CHOP up the street just implemented something like this. <laughs> CHOP is the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. I got to give kudos to CHOP here, too, because 
I took it upon myself to call them and I said, hey, who is in charge of this thing? You know, who started this thing? And they find, I finally got connected to the people who started it. And I emailed her and asked her all kinds of questions. I spoke to her on the phone. So a lot of the research that they did, I did not have to do because it was trusted that by me saying to um, our team here, they've already looked at a lot of the distributors. And I think this one's the best after I talked to the distributors. And, you know, even when we got to the later stages recently, I said, you guys have been doing this for six months. What problems did you run into? Because we're about to start ours. And where do you think maybe I could uh, do something a little bit differently? Or where do you wish you had done things differently? And they were just straightforward and gave me every piece of information on what they thought they should have done. And I was just like, so thankful, you know, that here it's two completely different organizations working together for the best interest of the patient. And you felt empowered to do this from your role as a respiratory therapist. Talk about that. Is that unique to Nemours? I think what's unique to Nemours is the respect they have for every discipline. Within our department, yes, I think that we have, as a leadership team, earned the respect from other disciplines. You know, we stay knowledgeable. We stay engaged. We're very educated. Even at the National Conference for the American Association for Respiratory Care, we presented 17 different abstracts and studies just from our department. And we all presented them at the national conference. I was able to present my first abstract that also won an award. And it was just, it was just amazing. You know, it's like just to be able to work with a group of people that want to build up the, the profession. I also sit on the board for the state of Delaware for on the DSRC, the Delaware State Respiratory Care Board. And again, we are about promoting the profession of respiratory care. A lot of people don't know what respiratory care is. Everyone knows what nursing is, but they don't always know what respiratory care is. So what is respiratory care? LaTanya Pierce explains. It could be that you manage the ventilators in patients that have any type of uh respiratory ailments or diseases such as asthma or COPD, our kids that come in sick with bronchiolitis um, and RSV. And of course, this pandemic has really given respiratory therapists a name. You know, a lot of people who never knew what a respiratory therapist is, they do now because they're coming into the hospitals and guess who they need to see when they have COVID or the respiratory therapist. We do that at Newmores, but on top of that, our respiratory therapists do other things that are unique that we don't do other places. For instance, I'm also, before I was the PICU clinical lead, I was, I worked mostly in the cardiac team. And so I worked in the cardiac OR, I work in a cardiac cath lab and in the cardiac intensive care unit. And I love those areas. It's a unique area to work in and it's unique to respiratory. There's about eight of us who are trained to work in the OR alongside the cardiac anesthesiologist. So we got to actually do what we went to school for, which is, it's not just respiratory, we're cardiopulmonary practitioners, you know, and that's actually what our license says for the state. We are cardiopulmonary practitioners. Uh, so 
being able to actually incorporate that in everything we do over in cardiac was amazing. The other thing I'm able to do at Numores is ECMO. ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. It's when blood is pumped outside of your body to a heart-lung machine that removes carbon dioxide and sends oxygen-filled blood back into the body. We have the ECMO team and our ECMO specialists are made up of nurses and respiratory. So that's an awesome um, opportunity that I also love doing. We opened up a venture with Christiana Hospital. We have an advanced delivery unit. Any mother who is in good health but the child is going to be born with some type of a disease that they're going to need to be directly admitted to a children's hospital where we can take care of them. Like most of our children have cardiac abnormalities and that's why they're brought into the hospital. Or if they're going to need to need a high level neonatal intensive care unit, the parent is able to deliver at our hospital. They actually opened up a unit where Christiana has an OB team that comes over. They take care of the adult. They take care of the patient. They bring their nurses. They bring their anesthesiologist. They bring their OBGYN. We have a OR that is specifically set up just for that. And then we have the respiratory therapy team, or RN, who takes care of the baby. You have vast amounts of experience in <laughs> several different areas with different employers. What words of wisdom would you give to our associates listening today? Most importantly, just be involved and be engaged. Take advantage of all the opportunities that Nemours offers, you know, whether it's furthering your education or advancing your certification, working on different committees, especially if it's an interdisciplinary committee, not just a committee that's within your department, but something that is a hospital-wide committee. Get involved in different projects. Don't be afraid. Even volunteer experiences, you know, being able to volunteer at uh, community health fairs is something I just started doing and I love it. Oh my gosh, it's, it's so much fun. And, and we cook meals for the Ronald McDonald House as a department. That's one of the things we do to give back. Um, throughout the year, we have different projects that we do just to give back to the community or a family. Just while you're here, don't be afraid. There's always someone there that's willing to help you, mentor you, or guide you. And find something that you're passionate about. When you're passionate about something, you want to move forward with it. You want to see it succeed. You know, and as you can tell from my story... The saying is true that when one door closes, another one opens and, you know, just just be ready to walk through that door. No matter how scared you are, don't be afraid. Just just walk through that door. It seems to always work out. That's that. That's my those are my words of wisdom. <laughs> Latanya Pierce is a respiratory therapist at the Nemours Children's Hospital in Delaware and the lead associate on the Hair Care for Champions project. Hair Care for Champions is just getting up and running in Delaware. If you are a licensed clinical provider, doctor, nurse, nursing assistant, PT, OT, respiratory care, etc., you are needed to help bring this program to more of the children we serve and to expand it to the Florida region. If you can help, please reach out to LaTanya directly. Her email is lt. A-N-Y-A dot Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E at Nemours.org. That's Latanya dot Pierce at Nemours.org. And please put Hair Care for Champions in the subject line. You never know what you'll learn about your fellow Nemours associates when you listen to the Champions for Children podcast. 
I'm guessing you have an Amours story to share, too. Let us know so we can tell the entire enterprise together. To share your story on the podcast, send your ideas to podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. We do record remotely and at your convenience, individually or in groups, and we do look forward to hearing from you soon. The Champions for Children podcast is found on Nemoursnet and the Nemours Now app and wherever you find your other favorite podcasts. Many thanks to Peter Adebi, Deborah Griffin, and Allison Kraft for their production support this week. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. On behalf of Latanya Pierce, I'm Carol Vassar, and thank you for listening to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, stay safe, stay well. And thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.